Hi, I'm Peter Anthony. And I'm Steve Angel. You're listening to Men With Spirit. Join us as we explore what it means to be a modern man and to live a spirited life. G'day and welcome to this uh, 30th episode of Men With Spirit at Radio Carom. I can't believe it's 30 shows, Steve, but here we are, number 30. Um, this is a show where we encourage men to get out of their heads and more into their hearts, to be more authentically connected with themselves and with others. Hi, I'm Peter Anthony and I'm here with my co-host today, Steve Angel, and we've got a very special guest with us on the show today, Ian Rogers, who we'll introduce more comprehensively in a moment, but uh, welcome, uh, Ian, Uh, great you could join us. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. (laughs) Good. Um, But first, just a quick uh, personal update. Um, Mm -hmm. Steve, I've decided I'm going to call you um, Bob the Builder from now on. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. <laughs> what news have you got this week on your, your various building projects and how are you feeling today, mate? Uh, well, let's just say that uh, Bob has nothing to fear about <laughs> me taking over his role as a builder, but I've enjoyed uh, I've enjoyed the process. Mind you, I've had a few little hiccups. Um, but the uh, inbuilt study is there, just mm-hmm. needs some drawers and it's coming along and um, I'm just sort of almost... <laughs> dreading the idea of having to do the laundry in the kitchen now, but we'll get there. I'm enjoying it, though. It's, it's, it's really nice to actually make something, huh. you know, huh. sit behind a desk a lot in Particularly, my life. Yeah, if, if you're more, um, if, if you're not hands-on when you do something like that, it's mm. quite satisfying, yeah. isn't it? But yeah. I do have somebody who knows what they're doing with me. Though. That's it always helps to get some, some coaching. Yes. Uh. Um, other than that, I'm feeling great. Uh, I've been in study mode uh, yesterday and obviously a couple of weeks ago. I was referring mm-hmm. to that. Um, life is moving along pretty quickly, though. It's like uh, just talking to my wife today just about um, what we're going to do for Christmas and then maybe just a getaway in January. And I'm thinking, mm. crap, where's this like year gone? Two months away. So, mm. yeah, it's moving quite quickly. Right. What about you? How are you, Peter? I'm feeling excited, uh, particularly to have uh, Ian here with us today. I'm very keen to hear what he's got to say, what, uh, what we can learn. And uh, a little bit nervous, though. Um, and I'm also uh, a bit sad because I learnt during the week that uh, a dear friend uh, had uh, some serious illness in the family and a death um, in, with her overseas family. So um, I was very uh, sad to hear about that. So sending her lots of love and best wishes. Um, on on a positive note, though, I'm also feeling quite pleased that the MIOK app, our uh, Men with Spirit version, mm-hmm. that's coming on very nicely. We've yeah, got the ability update there. Yeah, we've got the ability to share all of our radio uh, shows via the app, so that's going to be quite exciting. So, uh, watch this space, everyone. That's going to be some really exciting news. And. Um, Looking forward to a, a birthday, my birthday that's coming up on Monday. So that's mm-hmm. uh, quite excited about that. Um, and the other thing I was just thinking, I'm quite intrigued by the uh, debate that's uh, erupted over the last few days between the uh, CEO of Essendon and various others, including the head of the Catholic Church here in Victoria, on values and beliefs. And I thought it's really interesting how we're getting a public de- debate about values. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, that's that's really interesting the way that's unfolding. So, so um, yeah, overall, I'm uh, I'm I'm good. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. Okay, we should get on with this show. We shall. Um, for a while now, <coughs> Steve and I have been looking forward to having Ian Rogers join us on Men with Spirit at Radio Carum. Uh, he's a very busy man, so we're delighted that he's been able to join us today to discuss the topic you've nominated, Ian the underrepresentation of men in spiritual work. Um, Ian, you're a director of Sphinx Spiritual, and Sphinx Spiritual is an organisation that provides high-level mediumship information and specialises in teaching mediumship, spiritual counselling and associated modalities. You're based in Mornington, south of Melbourne, and you operate internationally. But perhaps before we get into the topic, Ian, you, can we... Learn a bit more about you. Thank you. First of all, Sphinx um, deals much more, just not mediumship, but spiritual information 
from a high level. High level means we would say authentic. And if we just touch that for a moment, everything that Sphinx teaches and has anything to do with is information from the spiritual world directly and we can access that through our mediumship. Therefore, there's nothing that we do or say or teach that comes through the filter of man's mind. And there are many men who have great minds, but nonetheless, they're all to some degree limited, certainly as against the knowledge that comes directly from the spiritual world. We would say, and we do say, that that sets us apart. Um, And we don't believe in mythical, mystical stuff. It has to be practical and it has to have an application to how we live our life and that's uh that's what we pride ourselves on and our two mainstays are teaching mediumship and spiritual counseling as you as you said peter Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as for me um i've been following my spiritual pathway since the 1970s and um, been involved and growing my knowledge ever since it all happened um as it always does through some happenstance but um, i moved very quickly to follow my pathway and have been growing my knowledge along with uh, when i met my wife later pearl along with pearl um i have also worked in corporate roles and in the public and private sector but they were uh, ancillary compared to my deep interest love and devotion to my spiritual work mm. Absolutely. And you work with your guide, Mm, Crazy Horse. I do. um, Everyone on earth has guides, um, and they, what we would call, are entities who exist in the spiritual world. We say and we believe that there are two worlds. There's the world of earth, and there's another world which we call the spiritual world, where such entities reside, for the lack of a better term, and they reside as a spirit. And we have an ability to be able to make contact with them and receive ongoing information. And they present themselves to us in the form of how they were in their last life on Earth. And in the case of Crazy Horse, that's who he was, who was a member of, proud member of the Lakota Sioux. And uh, he was renowned as the greatest warrior um, of, of the Indian nation not just of the Sioux and uh, in contemporary knowledge, was the one responsible for the Battle of the Little Bighorn in Montana, in, 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 um, in America, mm. which saw the end of, uh, of General Custer. And I don't in any way say that that was a good or a bad thing because it involved killing, but it, um, it was, as Crazy Horse saw it, necessary to leave a legacy for the Indian people who were being decimated and their, their heritage, their legacy, everything was being taken away from them through greed of, of, uh, of the white man. Mm. Mm. And is that changing now with the American Indians? Are they No. No, no they are still a decimated force, unfortunately. Mm. And um, they are... Uh, are not given anywhere near the liberties or the growth opportunities one might imagine that they should be. Mm. But that's not just America in fairness. I don't think Australia has the right to point the bone at anyone, Mm. Um, Mm. any other country Mm. with our own history, with our own Aboriginals. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Mediumship, Ian. Uh, What are the different forms of mediumship taught by Sphinx Spiritual and what's the purpose behind mediumship, as you said? First of all, mediumship is the ability to receive information from that spiritual world. And that comes from your guide. And all a medium is, is meant, all a, me, a medium is meant to be, is the midpoint between your guide and the person you're giving the information to. It takes a lot of years to get that right and get to the point where there's no interpretation, where you're receiving information through you. So there's no filtering in the mind of what that might mean it's just information passed on directly by doing that we claim and rightfully claim that we can operate with accuracy and integrity because we don't put ourselves in the middle we give it as we get it and we pass it on accurately Um, mediumship therefore is primarily about passing giving people individuals knowledge about their life what's coming up what's been how to change their life and their patterns my specialization is what's called deep trance mediumship which gives me an ability to put myself into almost a comatose state to allow entities and we have a council which is another topic but it includes crazy horse um 
who provide us all of, all of this information and therefore they can use my body, use my voice box uh, and I'm absent um, except that my body's been taken over and used for that period of time. That's deep trance mediumship and because of that specialization and we teach it because we love it and therefore <laughs> by necessity it seems a lot of other people mm. um, love it because they're in front of them all of the time. Um, and that allows us to receive all the information directly from the world of spirit, from the spiritual world. That's, uh, that's why we know that everything we pass on is directly from spirit. We have no egotistical need to put ourselves on top of that. Mm -hmm. We're a part of the process. We're not the process. Uh, we teach as part of mediumship um, different healing modalities as well. Mm -hmm. And to us, the greatest art of mediumship was and still is healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that perhaps contrary to popular view is that Jesus was a healer. Mm -hmm. Anything else he might have been was after that. Mm -hmm. And we would say that that's not a bad model to follow. Uh, one important thing to touch upon here is the difference between spiritual and, and religious mm. because mm. I've, I've raised the topic of Jesus or the name of, therefore we ought flesh that out. And I'm in no way being disrespectful to any religion because I'm a great fan of religion generally because it helps society. But every religion as I know it and I see it has an interpretation of man and it comes from a time gone by and the way it was written and the time that was in has passed and therefore it becomes more tricky to interpret it as it was written in those times to its current flavour mm -hmm. and that can get a lot of people into trouble and they can hold on to it very tightly and not understand the nuances, etc. Whereas spirituality is without man's mind. It's direct, so there's no one flavour. It's just what the spiritual world wants. And therefore, um, it is it is unbiased in any respect, and it's contemporary. And because we have those conversations with those in the spiritual world several times a week, we're always getting new and updated and upgraded information. So it's different in, in that respect as it's a continuum of information. And it's certainly a lot of the topics that uh, Crazy Horse um, talks about these days is very, as you say, very contemporary. Mm. Why do you do this work? What's the purpose behind what Sphinx is doing and bringing forward this knowledge? What's the purpose? Well, that reason as to why wasn't clear at the start. It evolved. All that I knew at the start is that I didn't have an option. I just um, had such a deep knowing that this was right and this is what I needed to do. Um, and I use the term I, but that's not correct because everything I've done has been in conjunction with Pearl, my wife. So in reality, it's a we mm -hmm. who have um, helped and um, pushed each other along the journey. So that's been terrifically helpful as well. The world, by and large, is not in a great place. It's in a state of chaos for all sorts of reasons, which you know would take up this entire show. But if we accept for a moment that that's the case, that the world's not in its greatest place in recent history, pretty much since the 1990s, the world's been let down by its organisations. There's not much trust anymore for government. There's not much trust anymore for religion. There's not much trust anymore for large corporate organisations. And there needs to be some contemporary truth find its way. And that was always written and always declared that that should start to happen at around the year 2000. Some interpreted that as the world ending, but it never was. It was always meant to be the world was changing and there'd be a new way. And all sorts of events have happened in the world too, uh, mostly natural events uh, and not good ones have caused man to question his power because man thought he was omnipotent and and that's been challenged just by nature and and there's been a lot of reaction to that in some respects it's brought people together for a short period of time but then it's driven them apart as we revert to those man things of mm -hmm. uh, of greed and power and lust etc so 
there's got to be another way and there's got to be information that starts uh, a renaissance and mm-hmm. a renaissance of spiritual information. That is, we say the earth needs help and it needs help from a source that's higher than the earth and higher than those of us on it, not constrained by mind of man, no matter how great that mind might or might not be. Thus, what we're trying to do is to leave a legacy of information which can be a very nice um, blueprint for how things ought go or should go or even could go because the essence of anything spiritual and particularly with Sphinx is that free choice dominates and people Mm. can choose whatever the heck they want to do. That's their right. Hopefully, we can escalate the time or make quicker the time when those decisions that are made by people are for the greater good, not for the individual good. Mm. So you're basically putting forward information <coughs> and then people can make their own mind up whether they accept it or not. Oh, but certainly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So Ian, can I ask you, how do you see spiritual work? To you, what does that mean? It's working on behalf of spirit. I'm a conduit and um, we're passing on truth. See, when you understand... Uh, that's the thing I missed, I must say. What spirituality as distinct from spiritual? And, and by and large, that's understanding how the spiritual world works. Mm-hmm. And that's not that well known, but we have a, a very clear and deep knowledge of how that works and the values that they have up there and how it operates and the levels, etc. Earth is meant to operate similar. Earth pretty much operates in the opposite mm. yeah so what spiritual is is trying to understand how that other world works and bring that knowledge down and at least from our perspective try and live much more closely to how the spiritual world works then earth can graduate to being a much different place mm. the topic that you wanted to raise today is you know uh, mm. Men are being underrepresented in spiritual work. What do you believe is the reason for that? Yeah, let's let's go back for just a moment. The banner that you both operate on under is um, men with spirit. Mm. Technically, and only technically, that's a misnomer. For those with a spiritual perspective, what, what there are three things that they accept as true one of those is reincarnation that is the spirit lives on and the body passes and then you go up to the spiritual world and come back with things to learn and things to do and that's a continuum until such time as you've got to a a certain stage so that's called your spirit and that's inside you every entity on earth every person on earth has a spirit so when you say men with spirit every man has a spirit Mm -hmm. so in reality what you're calling out for is men who recognize their spirit. Now, if we move that slightly from there and we talk about spiritual work and spirituality, etc., incorporating that into men with spirit, what we find is that there are very few men as compared to women who involve themselves in any form of acquisition of knowledge or deeper understanding spiritually and maybe 15 20 years ago i would have one out of a hundred people who saw me who were men who were men 99 percent women Mm -hmm. that's gradually changed it'd be in the right region of um 95 percent now women about five percent men so it's 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 improving and within sphinx it's higher than that it's you know between but it's probably roughly 15%, which is good. It's very exciting. But that's still an underrepresentation. Mm-hmm. So then we have to think about it. And, and, and if we f- think about spirit means, that's where we hold all of our spiritual knowledge. And, and I'm trying to stick with your term of men with spirit, mm-hmm. even though I still say to you, every man's got a spirit, so why are people ignoring it? Mm-hmm. This is where we need to understand spirituality and that's its alliance with a higher authority a higher realm that's one of the great problems facing earth if we accept for a moment that there is a spiritual world and the energy up there and the knowledge up there 
And the way they operate up there is far greater than on Earth. And the energy on Earth is low. Well, then we have to ask why. And the why is because man, particularly man on Earth, tries to operate in the absence of a higher authority. So to summarize, I'll go on about that, but to summarize it, that means that men who are underrepresented and who don't recognize their spirit are by and large those who either don't understand that they're not alone, that they're part of a great bigger thing and there is a higher authority, or they do know it and they choose to ignore it because they have an immediacy, a need to be satisfied by the things on earth that are more important to them, which by and large are material things. Mm -hmm. There's more than that, of course, but by and large that's what they are. The question still comes, though, why men, not women? And what's the difference between the two? Why is it that women align themselves and can associate with something a higher power? Um, We just have to look upwards for a moment and think, that's a big sky, and overnight we know there are a lot of stars. There's something out there. Are we a part of that on Earth, or are we separate to that? And spiritually, we say we're a part of that, Mm -hmm. and we're an integral part of that. Everyone on Earth knows that we're affected by the energy of that big world out there because the moon receives that energy and it affects the tides. Mm -hmm. So that's a known and that's accepted. But somehow or other, we don't think it touches us in any other way. Mm. So we work in a vacuum otherwise and we can do what the heck we want. So what that means, one of the great reasons we have the divisions that we do on Earth is because so much work is done in these vacuums, Mm. in these lane ways, ignoring everything else that's going on, not only on Earth, but outside of Earth, including that higher authority via the spiritual world. People then, now I'll go back, I'll, I'll stick with men and there's a big difference in the way men are raised and um, um, boys are raised and girls are raised and that's odd uh, but it is men by and large or as they were boys are raised differently with different cultural expectations with a lack of feeling with a free reign to be more gung-ho to do more dangerous things to hurt more to physically hurt that is not to cry not to feel so many effect, uh, 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 emotions and not to do things that girls do. And it's not about necessarily playing with dolls, but it's the feeling uh, that a girl will get from playing with a doll set versus the feeling of digging up the garden with a digger. They're, they're very different. And, and we can argue that digging up the garden with a digger can be earthy. But only if the child's taught that it is and it's grounding. Mm -hmm. If they're not taught that, then it's just an exercise of power. Mm. Uh, Girls taught very different. They're taught to feel. Uh, They're taught to appreciate beauty, appreciate fine things. Not many boys can remember the time spent on their hair and their preparation and their clothes as distinct from a girl. So there's such a different brand of teaching there are exceptions to that, of course, and one of those is mummies, boys, who, who we can come back to later if, if we can. So everything's different with a boy from, from an early stage, and, and they're taught to seek what they want for themselves, mostly in, in if not an aggressive way, then, then something that is down the pathway of aggression, and that that's okay and they follow different activities and are pushed into different activities, usually what the parents want and oftentimes what the father wants. So they grow up in the shadow of their father who grew up in the shadow of his father and back it goes. And there's not much change. There's more in the recent, you know, perhaps 20 years than there has been probably for centuries, but it's still nowhere near enough. So what we have are boys taught to grow up thinking about themselves, thinking that it's okay to cut off from that world outside of the world that they want, to be more selfish. Primarily or mostly, boys are given more leeway with tasks or chores in a house uh, uh, than, than girls are, and girls are still expected to do different things, and it's quite categorized. 
And that's a heck of a shame. So we see all of these differences coming through. Then, therefore, a, a boy becomes a man and it becomes about survival and it becomes about what do I need to do for myself. So, again, it's very selfish and what's the way that I'm going to get that? And, and there's not much teaching given to young people by parents about the long view of life and that these are the different stages of your life. There is about you should buy a house at a certain point, if not early, and, and accumulate wealth, but there's so little taught about accumulating emotional growth and about understanding and mixing with others and caring and being empathetic and understanding a bigger picture and, and that those those stars up there, they affect us. And there's been great people through history have learned so much from being able to collect information through there, uh, including, and not the least of which is Leonardo da Vinci. So uh, there's all of these things that boys aren't taught and they're taught very much in a loneliness and a selfishness and to take Girls, more in more modern times, there's a similarity to that, but that's only in more modern times. Um, again, we'll come back to that. Then, as we get older again, a boy becomes a man and he, he gets into a relationship, and if we're old-fashioned, like I probably am, we'll call that marriage. And, and they have this picture of married life and what it will mean without in any respect understanding the depth of that or how to make that marriage work. Because every day after you're married, you're changing and your partner's changing and you're changing at a different rate. And from a, a boy's perspective, his whole background is to get what he wants and to do what he wants. So the pursuit of a marriage becomes uh, the pursuit of your own life with the benefits of being with someone else and all of that means for a woman it's different she's looking for a whole lot more levels of togetherness of support and has a much deeper instinct and feeling for a bigger picture and the alignment to others and and part of that is they have the benefit of having a body that's designed to allow them to to give birth so it's genetic within them to be able to understand that they're not alone, that theirs is a job to, to bring life onto earth. That advantage aside, it's also how they've been brought up, how they've been raised. And they are different. They're very different. So we have a relationship going on. The man just thinks of, of the woman and he pictures her as she was emotionally and physically on the time that we're married or we, you know, we, we say we're now in a relationship. And not much changes. I just need to get on with my life. The woman grows and wants more and it becomes very difficult to have those conversations, you see. So without trying to get deeply into relationships, which is an intriguing topic all by itself, mm -hmm. what, what that means is that man, as a general rule, obviously there are, millions of exceptions on this great earth but man by and large is more selfish is more about what he wants on an earthwise plane mm -hmm. not how it, not even how he should be associating with other people we don't have togetherness in any city we still argue about different cultures we still get upset because some cultures causing more trouble than another and they're in, you know they they're, they're doing things that shouldn't be allowed and they should be kicked out of a country we don't even have that we don't even have togetherness in a family mm. and if there's togetherness if there's no togetherness in a family one of the great reasons pardon me is because the male members of the family have all been taught to do and believe what they want so yeah. how can there be a togetherness because everyone becomes quite entrenched in their positions and women somehow get to a point in life when they can't get their man to listen and that usually happens between 35 and 45 and they're growing very differently and they're not getting what they need in a relationship and they begin to think what else is there why am i here my life's passing i'm at a point when there has to be a greater meaning than breathing there has to be a greater meaning than making money being busy all of the time, having too much cast upon me. 
and they begin to look around. Some find their way to religion, some find their way to gyms, some find their way to spirituality, and that's because that's what's meant for them. Mm-hmm. And in that respect, they begin to understand through spirituality a bigger picture, that there is this connectivity. So they jump to that quickly, which means that they have been taught the need to associate with others, to share their energy. Okay, They have an accountability to greater than themselves. And that sums it up. A woman has a greater accountability to more than herself than a man does. A man feels his greatest accountability is to his success and everything, and success is usually financial, and everything that gets in the way of that needs to be cast aside. That's a result of upbringing, and that's a result of the way man's been taught through time. Now, there are changes, but that's primarily the driver. So you're saying, in effect, the way men and women have been brought up mm. in today's society... Oh, not it, just today's society, well, through over time. millennia, yeah, mm. um, has resulted in this um, under-representation of, uh, among us, amongst other things, under-representation of men in spiritual work. Uh, men who, even on your terminology, yes, mm. but even on your terminology, men who recognise that they've got a spirit. Mm. By recognising that you've got a spirit, you're recognising that you're connected to the spiritual world. You've been there before and you'll mm-hmm. go there again. And and that, you know, death is not the end. And therefore, there's a greater accountability. And it's not about that will bring a punishment, that will bring this as something that's prescribed. It, it's your own actions will determine your short and long-term future. Mm. So, so can I just ask, are you saying then that men who are not aware or are not as aware as, w- as women are, are they consciously ignoring the spirit? Is it, you say that they will cast away things that get in the way of their own success and meeting their own needs, but it exists within them. So are they oblivious to it? No, um, they're not oblivious. Well, that's not true. Some are oblivious. Some choose to be oblivious and some deliberately and consciously cast it aside. I would say the majority are not oblivious. Um, because so many people in the world have been brought up with a basis of higher belief through religion. Yes. Mm. And uh, no matter what religion, the religion's unimportant. The, the great gift of religion is that, that you're part of something bigger than mm-hmm. just you. Mm. And that adds to the world like nothing else. doesn't matter what particular brand of religion that is. So in, in the knowledge of all of this, they become entrenched in what's success. Mm-hmm. They're not taught to understand emotions and feelings. They're not taught to understand that the growth of you as a person and your ability to love and to be loved and to care and to help is more important than how much money you earn, more important than where you sit on a corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. They're unimportant in the scheme of things. Mm. I think this is a good. Can we just take a special break? One, one question: yeah. um, the, the topic's underrepresentation of men in spiritual work. What would be the ideal level of representation of men mm. compared to women in, in That's spiritual work? If, yeah. if we presume for a moment that the world is fifty percent men and fifty percent women, which it more or less is, it might be fifty-one or mm. two, then it should be that. It should be that. Mm. Yep. Mm. We're going to take a very, very quick short break for a station ID. We'll be back. Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy, and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC, and when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Karam. Tune in and enjoy. Hello, and we're back. Um, you're, we're on Radio Karam. This is Men With Spirit. My name is Steve Angel, and I'm here with my co-host, Peter Anthony, and our very special guest, Ian Rogers, director of Sphinx Spiritual. Um, we were just talking about underrepresentation of... Um, men in spiritual work, weren't we, Peter? Mm-hmm. Um, and I 
did interrupt everybody in that conversation, so let's just continue on where we were. Yep. Um, one of the uh, one of the topics you put forward, Ian, is um, following on from that is that um, men their, their sense of identity and why do men have a um, uh, difficulty in uh, finding an identity? Is it related to the fact that the um, they don't see themselves as a spiritual being, or yeah, that's a qualified comment, of course, uh, about finding an identity because women struggle to find an identity as well mm-hmm. probably as much as, as men and that's a reflection of the upbringing mm-hmm. and the schooling and the entire system um, <clears throat> not many people are parented with a freedom to express and a freedom to, to find who they are and to, to become that person by the time they become an adult mostly people try and find their identity after they become an adult But in the case of a man, they have many more constraints put upon them as to what that identity will be by society, but mostly by male society, than women do. Women seem to be able to, it's okay to be that emotional person, it's okay to be that soft, caring, gentle person, where it's not necessarily so okay for a man to be that person. And they're pushed more along a physical sporting line, more along a you know, men have to grind their way to the top. Men have to force and coerce. And there are little sayings like anything's okay in business that men take hold of much more than women take hold of because that's not okay to a lot of women. But to a man, it's an imprimatur to break every value they've ever known in the pursuit of money. And it's men that cling to these little things much more. So their lack of identity comes because they try much harder to fit in as men into this so-called man's world. And it's this misnomer of what a man's world is that's the problem. Hence, we roll back to where we started in all of this. What is a man? A a man has um, got things to learn just like a woman and things to bring to to the earth. But that doesn't make man dominant. It doesn't make them superior or special. But they're taught that it does. Mm. And along the way, in trying to find an identity, and if they don't feel special and if they don't feel dominant, they feel a failure. And so they hide and they put up personas that aren't true. Mm. So do women, but not as much. They're more comfortable to be who they are. It's okay to do a lot of things that men feel it's not okay to do. So that's what drives the lack of identity. Along, but a bit, but behind that is still that point that says men are superior and if they are i'm just not sure at what Hmm. do you think that um a lack of a lack of recognition of who they are as a person drives that um lack of identity if they were to what my my question is if we're in touch more with our feelings and emotions as we're, as younger men. Do you feel that that lack of identity would be less of a problem as we got older? Is that what you're saying? If a, if a, if a boy was entitled to the same realm of feelings as a woman, as a, as a girl, then it would be a different world. And, and that's not in the physical. That's not, although it's a, a good start, a boy can now wear moisturizer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a nice start. But that's not the issue. Mm -hmm. The issue is about all of that emotional state and that a man is actually emotionally no different to a woman, probably, if anything, softer Mm -hmm. and not as strong as a woman. But it's ingrained to not show that, to show it as weak. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, it would be different. Now, within that is an exception that I raised before which is a fascinating topic of the mummy's boy because everyone knows that a lot of mums associate or attach themselves more closely to a son and usually not all sons it's usually one of a number of sons if there are a number and they dote upon that son and they run after them and do whatever the heck they want and I've actually been present when I've watched or listened to a child in his bedroom yell out Mum, 
come in and get my socks out of my drawer for me so I can get dressed. And the mother runs from the kitchen into the bedroom, gets the socks and gives them to the son and doesn't understand what they've done. So that's not teaching the child anything other than dominance over women and laziness. Mm. And that's one of the downsides of a mummy's boy. (coughs) Pardon me, but mummy's boy in this context is also meant they're they're closer to their mother and they're taught much more from their mother than their father and they're protected by their mother. (coughs) So they're they're privy to and given access to a whole lot more of mum's emotions and they love it and they pull to it and they pull to the softness and the protection and that will show itself but it becomes dominated by a culture that says you're still superior Mm -hmm. and, and a culture of laziness as a consequence. So they grow up and they have an expectation that they're superior to women because women run after them. They want a woman to provide all of these emotional needs that mummy did, but they want someone to also be their little slave and who they can dominate. A lot of women, and strangely, oftentimes strong women, fall for that. They find that appealing for a short time. And in no time, it becomes boring Mm -hmm. and the relationship breaks up and the man's lost. And he didn't have an identity. He can't understand what went wrong because that's how he's always been. So if the mother could learn to teach the child the emotions and all of the feelings and give of herself but not be a slave, Mm -hmm. then we would have something much better. So it shows that women can do it, but there's this still overriding culture of male dominance. Which would also come from the father. Oh, absolutely. That's what the child's seeing. Yeah, and so Mm. what's the responsibility really from a spiritual perspective of what a father should be teaching a son? Equality. No more, no less. Equality. That's everything spiritually. It's, It's one of the cornerstones of spirituality is that we're equal. You know, we all have a different level of evolution, and evolution is the amount of lives we've led and the knowledge we have that's built up in that time. And that makes us different. Um, but we're still equal Mm. and there should not be a difference between men and women and we haven't made that many ground because there's still too many differences and it hasn't been helped of of more recent times and I'm talking probably late 80s, early 90s on where women have said enough we're not going to be treated like that we want more equality with men and that's happened much more in the workplace The problem with that is that in order to find equality with men in the workplace, they've tried to act like men. Mm -hmm. So they've lost their kernel, they've lost their inner strength of who they are. And in trying to emulate men, they've pushed the cause of women backwards and and, and not help men at all because men are then um, um, of this belief that's reaffirmed to them. They're trying to act like us. Therefore, what we're Mm. doing is right. Mm -hmm. So they're not getting that counter perspective that's helping men generally. I keep saying it in all sorts of ways, men need help. Mm. Mm. You, you mentioned before, Ian, about uh, men getting lost, and I think previously you've mentioned men getting lost, particularly in their 50s. Mm. Do you want to explain why that is and elaborate on that a bit? Yeah, there, there are a few reasons for that. And let's start from the premise that we're talking about men in a relationship. Mm-hmm. A woman in her mid-30s and um, generally begins to ponder life, as I mentioned before, and there's got to be more than this. And that often comes about from the pressures of finances and the pressures of children and so forth. But it's also the pressures of what they're not getting in the relationship. So the woman's thinking more broadly. I want more. I want to grow and develop. I want to be part of something bigger. I don't want to just have this narrow life. Mm -hmm. The man's not. The man's thinking of just him Mm -hmm. and what he wants and what's important to him and that's the power and money and and the toys and the lifestyle for the man, still with the benefits of being in a relationship. The woman's withdrawing. This then comes about again mid-40s and generally around 45 to 50, women start to realise, which is made worse by menopause, they start to really think about their life and what they want and what they don't want and and it's well publicized that men through the same age oftentimes will have an affair with a younger person women are thinking more deeply they're thinking about i'm 
around for another 35 or 40 years. Is this what I want? Mm -hmm. And this begins to ferment in their mind. And as they get into their 50s, they've had enough. And so often they just say to a man, it's over. The problem with that, they've never told the man what the real problems were because he wouldn't listen. So men then become devastated and lost because a relationship's over or, and the woman leaves, or the woman stays, but it's over anyway. So we cohabitate, but we lead entirely separate lives. And as the man gets into his 50s, all of those things that he thought made him a man, all of that physicality, are dwindling. And sexuality, not sexuality, sex drive, and all of these things become a part of it. And he has to change and he has to adapt very quickly, but he's not taught to. So in his 50s, a man's now all of a sudden expected to find a way to be the person that he should have always been, should have been taught how to be, and he has no guide, and he has a woman who's sick of talking to him. Mm. They get lost. And then it's made worse, if I can just make the story even worse, is that if the relationship breaks up, there are lots of women out there who'll accept a man just to have a man so the man can oftentimes get away in the short term with not changing and then that will break up then they get lost again mm-hmm. we've um we said before men need work mm. if, if you were to summarize that what do you mean by that work what is the work that needs to be done The, the greatest work is that man needs to recognize to the same degree that women do that they're part of something bigger. Mm. The world doesn't revolve around the man and the man's ability to provide money for a family and a big house and a bigger house and a bigger house and that that's not enough. And time goes by and it quickly becomes too late. So a man needs to learn accountability to their role as part of society, part, part of life on earth, which is part of something bigger. Life on earth is not separate. Mm-hmm. It's part of something bigger, which includes that spiritual world, that higher authority, but it's part of a great infrastructure out there called the greater universe. And if we can start to understand as men, well, women too, but they're more, they're more there than men are, that our life can't be so selfish that we are a part of something and we're accountable for that and, and, and selfishness has to go, then the changes will start to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what um, what specific things, for example, does um, Sphinx do to help men go through this um, uh, reorientation, reprioritization, look at things differently. Um, oh, the greatest thing would be uh, spiritual counseling. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because it, see, we're back to spiritual now, and every person on earth has a reason for being here. No one comes because, oh, I think I'll pop down to earth for a life. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't work that way. There's a predetermination to the family you're in, there's a predetermination to the type of life you're meant to have. And <clears throat> there's a predetermined, pardon me, there's a predetermination to what you're meant to try to achieve. And we need to get back to understand that a man and a woman, but because we're confining ourselves at this time to, to men, needs to understand the patterns of their life. And why is this thing repeated? What have you been ignoring? What is it that you're missing? What's the message here? And we get too hung up on the rights and wrongs of what we've done or what's been done to us rather than what are we meant to learn from that and how's that going to influence influence us and make our life better as we go forward. So it's a more futuristic view. Readings do that from a, from mm-hmm. a qualified mm-hmm. medium and that's the good entree. But and, and that will cause a few to totally change their life. But most need help. You can't go through a lifetime of predisposition to one way without some help to really examine why that is that's very much sort of sums up my experience with the work Ian I remember getting a reading from you and if I remember it was almost it was almost I say that silly it was you I was told who I was Mm. 
in, in, in that one hour reading, mm-hmm. my life was laid out for me. Um, and it was clear. I could see the patterns of behavior. I could see where I was failing. I could just – somebody saw me for the very first time. That's what it felt like. Yes. And then I was given information as to why this is happening to me. And that knowledge has been so critical to give me uh, an understanding of what do I need to change here mm. to find that sort of purpose and identity in my life. And it's, it's obviously a work in progress, but he really – I relate so much to what you said because it's just my own experience. And I'm sure the same – for you, Peter. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the benefit of having a reading and mm. getting that insight mm. is uh, is critical. It uh, is when it's done in the way that we teach it, yeah. Yeah. and that is to help the person to know themselves and to see what they're doing, because no one really likes to look into a mirror that's that's um, not coloured as they want it to be. Yes. And, yes. and it's quite difficult. Um, it also takes us to, you know, I keep saying that that this is about men and women are better and they do different things. It comes down to what's a man and what's a woman and let's solve all this with one question. What does a man, what does a woman, I'm sorry, what does a woman like or want in a man? Two things. They want softness and they want decisiveness. For most men, they try very hard not to be soft and their decisiveness is oftentimes a facade. Mm. Well, that pretty much. We, we, we said uh, we were going to be pushing uphill to get all of the, all of the things we wanted to discuss. You know, that's, that's certainly proven to be the case, and we're fast running out of time, unfortunately. Oh, absolutely! But I think leaving us on, no, on that note alone, yep. softness and decisiveness. I think that anyone can take that away and just really understand. I mean, it hit home straight away. I just saw that in my own life, in my own relationship. Mm-hmm. The thing, the, the things that you know, my partner is looking for in me is those two things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Ian, we knew this was going to happen. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. But you're not going to go anywhere just yet because we have asked you to nominate a song in which you have. But we're just going to do a little bit of housekeeping before we come back to you. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask you what that is. Um, information and links about our shows are available from the Radio Karen website on radiocaron.org or via our Facebook page. Now, if you want to attend any of our Men With Spirit gatherings, the event details, including how to register, are also on our Men With Spirit Facebook page, which is at Men With Spirit. You can also email us at connect at menwithspirit.com.au. We have Rowan uh, Rowan Parrott after us with the Rowan Parrott Method um, very shortly after our episode ends. Now, Ian... Before we actually say goodbye to everyone, you have a song that you've nominated. Do you mind sharing what the title is and why it means something to you? It means a lot. It's a song by Christa Berg, who was famous for The Lady in Red. This song's called The Tower, and it's a song about the conflict between power and greed and love. And in this song, this great lord learned only on death that he got it wrong. Well... We hope you all um, have enjoyed this show as much as we have. Ian, thank you so much uh, for, for joining us today. It's an absolute privilege for us to have you here. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Oh, I loved it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Everyone, thanks for listening. And until next time, be true to yourself. <laughs>